Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And welcome to episode number 221 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. With me, I have Adam Candy. I have Pat Evans this week here on the Legal Sports Report podcast. And you can find these guys over in their awesome, awesome words. Pat does a really great job over at Legal Sports Report each and every week. So be sure, take in his hard work and all of the words that are going on to the site over there. This week, we will talk about what's going on in New York. We'll talk about some Arizona stuff. We are going to go state by state and talk to Pat about what he thinks is going on in all of some of these states that we have some question marks around. But Pat, let's go ahead and kick things off here. We do have a new problem gaming bill in Congress. Yeah, and this is the U.S. Congress. I mean, you know, listening to state by state level everywhere, everyone seems concerned with the rise in problem gambling. And Richard Blumenthal and Andrea Salinas uh, have introduced a new problem gaming bill to address research and addiction treatment uh, using the sports betting excise tax 0.25% on the overall handle. Uh, and, you know, it's something we're going to see if it moves anywhere at the national at, in, in Congress, but um, it's certainly showing, and they cited Richard Blumenthal cited the rise in sports betting in, and how that's contributing to a national rise in problem gambling. And this is one way to, you know, take action to, towards fixing that. Um, it is to be noted that the American Gaming Association and several other um, politicians are, are not exactly in favor of this bill. I mean, Dina Titus in, in Nevada wants to completely get rid of the excise tax. So, um, again, this is something we're seeing at a state level, lots of concern of the rise in problem gambling, and, and it's rising up to the national level. Um, and this is not the first time Blumenthal's kind of cast his weight behind something at the responsible gaming world. Uh, you know, last year he sent a letter uh, concerned about the college partnerships and sports books. So, uh, yeah, this is not the first or last time I think we're going to see something at the national level uh, addressing problem gambling. Adam, you and I long talked on this podcast about making sure that we're doing everything the right way, doing responsible gambling, responsible gaming. We've also talked about the fact that it's not just necessarily a, oh, there's more sports betting, so obviously there's more problem gambling. We've also highlighted the fact that, hey, these sports book offer you the opportunity to self-exclude if you want to do that. There are certain measures in place within if they see some odd and suspicious activities that are going on. Uh, one of the things we definitely have not been able to do in the past before there was legal sports gambling was, your bookie was still taking your money. <laughs> like your, like your, your, the, the offshores were still taking your money. Like that was just going to happen. Right. And so we at least have a little bit more in place now already with it being legalized, but this is just taking some of the stuff a step further. If you go back over the course of 220 previous episodes, you'll hear a lot of us saying that 
legalizing sports betting at the state level is not just, and frankly, in some cases, shouldn't be at all about trying to fill budget holes with the tax revenue that comes from sports betting because it is volatile in terms of how much you will be able to gain off revenue each month based on the results that you get from how people bet. What we did say in all of those episodes as well is that part of the argument for regulation is the ability to better address problem gambling and to better have a light shined on those who need the treatment. Now, I get where both pieces of this are coming from on the congressional side, where Senator Blumenthal is putting forward legislation to use that excise tax money for what is ostensibly a very good cause. I also understand that Dina Titus has had a quest for quite a while to get rid of the excise tax. And I think I find myself landing a little bit more on the Blumenthal side for this reason. We've said forever, Matt, where does this tax go? What does this money do? It's a drop right. in the bucket when it comes to the federal budget, right? We're talking about an amount of money that means nothing in the grand scheme of what the United States has in its coffers. But if we're actually going to take some of this money and put it towards something that is absolutely necessary, then yeah, then I have less problem with the federal excise tax than I do with what it is right now, which is just an antiquated notion that's been out there for a long time that no one has done anything. Well, I think you could make a very good case to say either get rid of it or do something good with the money. And this seems to be at least a step in the direction of doing something good with the money. Yeah, Pat, that's kind of the, been the biggest thing about all this. And the reason Dina Titus has, has been on this crusade against was just the fact she's like, where's the money? Is there like a, a Scrooge McDuck vault somewhere where all this money is like just sitting and like there's someone swimming in it? And like, 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 like where is this money? Where is it going? What's it being done? So like, she's kind of like, listen, if we have no plan for this, then it's just pointless for us to keep taking this money where there's absolutely no plan. So I, I'm, I'm with Adam. It's like, if there is a plan, cool, fine, keep it. If we are not going to come up with any sort of plan, yes, get rid of it because it's just it's it's ridiculous to have something where we're just oh yeah we're going to take this money. What are you doing with it? Eh, <laughs> eh, eh, we'll eh, whatever, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean it's I, I think it's about five hundred million dollars since twenty eighteen, which again to Adam's point is not a huge amount of money in the the greater scheme of American uh, budget. Um, but yeah, if you're gonna take it, you might as well put a good use to it. And and under Blumenthal's plan, it's uh, about I think it's. 75% to the states uh, and, and 25%. My percentages are probably off. I'm not looking at it at the moment, but to, to national uh, research. So it's it's good, you know, for those things, it's probably a lot of money, but for the broader general fund where it's going right now, it's not. So yeah, if it's, you know, if you're just throwing it to the general fund, you might as well get, you get rid of it and provide sports books a little bit more money to combat offshore, you know, make their product more appealing. Mm-hmm. Or if you're still going to take it, make it useful for the industry. Adam, let's head over to New York. And, you know, we talk the vast majority of the stuff we talk here about on here is sports betting, but we do hit the DFS angle for some, for some of the stuff. When there is poker news, we talk a little bit about the poker news out there. And certainly we hit iGaming news whenever that is available to us as well. And so a little bit of stuff coming out of New York from that. Yeah, and look, this is not the first time that we've talked about iGaming and New York. There was a bill that dropped last year from Senator Joe Adabo, and it really didn't go anywhere at all. And we're kind of in a similar spot this year where there's another attempt, but the governor did not include 
iGaming in her budget, and that is going to put a major crimp in trying to get anything done. So you've got a 30.5% tax rate on iGaming in this bill from Senator Joe Adabo, which might sound like a lot until you remember what New York's sports betting tax rate is at 51%. And I think the most important thing to keep in mind with this story is that iGaming legislation is not going to be the straight line that a lot of sports betting legislation has been. It is a much harder sell in terms of those who have responsible gambling concerns. It is a much harder sell for casinos who are counting on people coming through their doors to play and don't want to deal with the unknown boogeyman of whether online casino will take away from that. There's a lot of research that shows that it's additive. However, uh, try taking the games that they're used to having everyone come into the casino to play and throwing them on a phone and telling them that they'll still be able to make money in terms of the entire ecosystem of what a casino is, and that is going to be a very hard sell. So I think with these iGaming bills, what you're going to see is that it's going to take multiple years, it's going to take multiple iterations, and there are not going to be as many states that ultimately pass iGaming bills. But for the long-term viability of the standalone sports betting operators in particular, like the DraftKings and FanDuel of the world, it is important that they expand the market when it comes to iGaming, because there are only a handful of states in the United States right now that allow for it, and those states have been robust. Yeah, Pat, in the in the grand scheme of things, right, the 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 true upside play for all of these companies is is iGaming, right? I mean, we know that sports betting, sure, it's nice, but it is a it is still a small margin business in the grand scheme of things, and the iGaming has the infinite upside. And I'm sure if we were to talk to people who are investors in these companies and all these things that are talking about long-term future, you know, what is the long-term aspect and, and what we might be looking at. It's always the iGaming factor that's kind of lingering out there because should that even pop in a few more states even, right? I mean, I, even a few more states is a significant revenue uptick for these for uh, for these companies. And certainly New York, the size of New York would, would be huge. Yeah, New York would be huge. Uh, but I, to, to, to all of this, I mean, I was just down at the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States. It's a mouthful. Down in Florida, there's winter meeting. <laughs> uh, and just last summer, we, we heard a lot of, okay, iGaming's next. We can tackle this. We can get this passed in, in quite a few states, you know, whether it was Indiana, Illinois, New Hampshire, New York. We're looking at Maryland as well. Um, you know, this next year could be huge. We've already seen Indiana and New Hampshire fall off uh, kind of quietly. There, there's basically no chance anything happens there. Um, Maryland's a, a state that a lot of proponents are very excited about, but I just watched a study yesterday or a study hearing yesterday that the politicians are raising similar flags uh, that we've heard from in the past, uh, whether it be diversity and inclusion, which is huge in Maryland in everything they do, uh, to uh, you know job loss at bricks and brick and mortar casinos. Uh, and and problem gambling uh, jumps uh, they're worried about. So, you know, we're seeing this. And, and so then at the meeting this, this month, it's been, you know, the stakeholders have rolled it back a little bit of being really bullish and saying this is going to be a multi-year chip away at it uh, rather than we're just going to get it done in, in one full swoop like many of the sports betting states. And and we'll see how long it those, those chipping away takes, but uh, a lot of it's not looking good this year. Yeah, Adam, um, I'm sure 
if we started listing off between the two of you how many uh, mouthful conferences <laughs> that you guys have been to over the last five years, we could probably get some really interesting ones going on here. I know that you like to come back with the seven word conferences that you've gone to here recently. Like that's one of the things you like to talk about. There's a reason that when we talk about the conference that Pat just mentioned, we say nickel G's. And it sounds like <laughs> a dive bar that you went to in your college town. Oh, Nickel G's, that $5 yeah. beer night. Oh, oh, I loved yeah, it. Right. Yeah, was amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, used to, I used to get hammered at Nickel G's. That was my favorite. Uh, so it's amazing. a lot easier than saying all those words that Patrick said. <laughs> it's, it's great. I love, I, anytime y'all come back from a conference and you're just like, yeah, so I went to the South Central and North American sideways up and down, left and right, <laughs> uh, ca include Canada gaming conference this year. And then whatever, it's like, oh, all right, yeah, all right, interesting. That's fun. Who was there? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, so we'll, we'll go, we'll go and do all that. All right. So Pat, let's head over to, uh, over down for me down to Arizona. Yeah. Down for me. And, over for Adam and you down. For, uh, yeah, so whatever. We're heading over to uh, to Arizona. We know that Arizona, one of these states, it has a, a, a lot of licenses up for grabs. There are a lot of, there were more, com <laughs> more competitors in the market than there are currently. And looks like we might be at least uh, trying to see if anybody else wants to grab up some of those things. Yeah, for the second time since sports betting launched in, in September 2021, uh, there's licenses up for grabs. And, and the application period will open next month. Uh, for no less than two, I, I don't know, the wording was weird. There's one tribal license open and at least two sports uh, organization licenses open. Of course, there's 20 licenses available in Arizona, 10 for the tribes, 10 for professional sports organizations, and two, uh, there has been two sports organization tied licenses open since launch. Uh, there's some questions of whether, you know, Indoor Football League can fully qualify because uh, Per the Arizona Department of Gaming, it's the highest level of a sport, um, and I don't know. One an IFL team does have a license, but there's two others in the in the state, so it's a whole question oh, there. Let's, don't don't you uh -oh. get into the old IFL AFL wars, buddy? Uh -oh. We'll be here oh, for days boy. talking about yeah. where the best arena football hey, is. I have strong opinions. The Grand Rapids yes, Rampage back in the day, they won an <laughs> AFL championship, so I'm I'm a big they fan of the good. AFL. They were. Uh, <laughs> and then there's, there's another, there's Arizona's been one of the premier, premier states to watch. Why did I say premier? That was weird. Premier states to watch, uh, <laughs> of licenses in, in there's, uh, licensees dropping out. I mean, we've seen Fubo, uh, drop out and that was why bet 365 was able to secure a license, uh, last year, uh, in the first application period that it was opened. And now we're. The, this is not for these two, but uh, I'll backtrack a second. Twin Spires, uh, the Churchill Downs Sportsbook, has finally shuttered its operation in Arizona, and that's the the tribal license that's open now. And then we've got Unibet and WinBet winding down operations, too, in Arizona. So we'll have probably even more license application periods open if there's sportsbooks that want to be in Arizona anymore. The only one, I think, at the moment that we can really put a finger on that would probably want to be in there and actually really wants to be in Arizona is Fanatics. Uh, Pat, how dare you forget um, me and Adam's very favorite shuttered sports book in oh, Arizona, Maxim too. Bet. Oh, Maxim it's Bet. Too. It's mine too, like, but they were Maxim Bet like Pat. I love Maxim Bet, but uh. or, or loved, excuse me. <laughs> uh, even though I never got to bet on it uh, for the articles, though for the articles, for the course. articles. You yes, love Maxim yes. Bet for the articles. Uh, yeah, but they weren't. They yes, didn't. Yeah, they, even though they applied for the initial license, they weren't licensed in Arizona. So. 
That's why I didn't include them. There's no, no, uh, no shade towards them. Uh, Adam, uh, I don't know because, again, no inside information here. But we have seen uh, Circa at least uh, dip their toe in in a few other markets, right? We know that they're in Illinois. We know that they're in Colorado. Arizona obviously being kind of a border state here to Nevada don't know what their plans are don't know but it wouldn't shock me right I mean to see them try to expand a little bit and see if their model that they're going with would work in a state that has all of the kind of you know rest of country sports books it is interesting isn't it because they also went into Iowa they, they have chosen some wide open markets to launch their national product. And look, their national product doesn't look exactly like what their Nevada product looks like, but we know that that's for reasons. Uh, And that's not just about Circa. So I would not at all be surprised if they tried to get into Arizona, which is another, again, very easy to get the license, very low tax rate. uh, Privilege fee. Lots of advantages. Oh, that's right. (laughs) It's a, it's not, it's not a, it's not a tax. Yeah. It's not tax in Arizona. It's a, it's a privilege fee. Just wanted to make it's, sure yeah. you got that you right. F- it's where you get freedom. You get freedom fries at the sports book. There, <laughs> French fries. See the the but Adam having an intimate kind of knowledge of, of their business model, what they have going after. The reason it wouldn't surprise me too is is what they're doing over at Circa is actually leaning into the thing that we thought maybe Caesars and MGM would do, which is like, hey, let's lean into this product to get people through the doors at our play, you know, in our at our places and all this like. They are using these other products to market the Circa Million and the Survivor Contests and the things like that and getting people like discounts to come in and get rooms and things at Circa and all that. Like, again, Arizona would be a great feeder market for something like that. And it's it's weird that the big two don't do that and lean more into that. But it's certainly something that Cir- Circa has. It, that's why I've always been low-key fascinated by whatever happens in California, because for a book like Circa which is already heavy advertising in California, if they could have some form of a, any kind of a free-to-play, any kind of yeah. sports betting-type product in California with all of the Californians who come to Vegas for their vacations, it just would be a wild kind of idea. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. We'll see how, how that all plays out. Of course, anything that goes down, you'll find it over at LegalSportsReport.com. So, Pat, let's uh, let's go into your kind of legislative preview here for 2024. We like to talk about what may or may not be happening out there, rest of country. So let's kick things off here with Missouri. Well, that's the best state to kick uh, kick it off with because it's it's not. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anything will have changed over the past two years heading into this year uh, because Senator Denny Hoskins hasn't gone anywhere and he has almost single handedly killed sports betting the past two years. And he's lining up to do it again this year, by all accounts. Um, He really wants to include video lottery terminals, which are the slot machine-like things you find at gas stations across the country. Uh, And they are not legal there, and he wants to include that. Um, There's some reasons behind that, uh, that some are known, some are not so well known. Um, And the professional sports teams and casinos and sportsbook operators all want it. They've got a bill that's been introduced the past two years and has been introduced again this year uh, that, you know, has a huge amount of support legislatively. Um, But because of rules there, a single man can filibuster a bill away and it doesn't seem like it's going to change this year. And uh, it's 
you know, Bill DeWitt the third, the president of the St. Louis Cardinals, who they're they've they've got a ballot proposal initiative uh, starting to circulate now. Uh, he said it the best, and he, he when he you know reiterated the quote that is you know definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting something <laughs> different. The same thing's going to happen this year uh, if I had to put any sort of money down on it. Adam, let's play our favorite game here. Geography, Matt, <laughs> and let's uh, let's talk about hell let's, yeah. Let's talk about bordering states of Missouri. We got Iowa. We got Illinois. If you go down to the bottom, little tiny little thing there, we have Tennessee as well. With all of these, so we have a ton of different states in which there are there is legal sports betting that citizens of Missouri might be just driving across that border and sending the money to somewhere else. Oh, I love when I get to talk about the old Casino Queen. The Casino Queen in East St. Louis, Illinois, which you can actually see the DraftKings Sportsbook in Illinois from Bush Stadium. It is across the river. You can walk across a bridge to be able to get your DraftKings account in ah. Illinois from Missouri. So there are multiple ways that you can go about this if you are a Missourian and you're getting dennied right now. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, Pat, let's head to Minnesota. So this is a little different. Minnesota has tried as well since 2018, really. Uh, and last year, they got as close as they've come. Um, it, there was an unexpected twist where the Democrat Farmer Labor Party gained control of both chambers of the legislature as opposed to what it was expected to be a Republican uh, majority in both. And they kind of took every, their issues and, and pushed a forward a huge agenda, a, a giant package that sports betting, unfortunately, was left behind uh, because there are opponents on both sides, of course. It's a very bipartisan issue. And uh, there weren't. it's such a slight majority, they weren't able to get it over the, the hump on their own. They really want the tribes to have exclusivity. The tribes have killed uh, sports betting uh, legislation in the past in Minnesota, so their support is absolutely necessary. Meanwhile, the Republicans want the tracks included, and the tracks want a license. Uh, the tribes say that's a no-go. Uh, so it, we kind of left last session with negotiations ongoing. There was 30% revenue uh, from sports betting going to the tracks. That was on the table. Um, I have yet to fully understand what happened in the off season, um, but so far, you know, we've got a new bill from the Republican Senator Jeremy Miller uh, that would allow the tribes to partner with tracks and professional sports teams to offer in-person sports books. Uh, does that have traction with the DFL? I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody on the DFL side yet as of Friday when we're recording this. Um, but the tracks themselves say, you know, the Republicans and the DFL are still far apart in their situation. So while Minnesota might look like, and I feel like it still has the best chance of any state this year, there's still uh, an uphill battle to go uh, in, in Minnesota. Adam, we talk a lot about some of these states that may or may not pop, and we go like, you know, man, this is like a this is a state full of professional sports teams, and this and like like Minnesota, like low key. Like big time sports state, like I mean, like Minnesota fan, they don't have a ton of they, they don't have like multiple teams in each sport, and so like some of these states that we've talked about. But man, Viking fans love their Vikings, and Twins fans love the Twins, and 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 the Timberwolves obviously like have been up and down over the last few years, but still some basketball fans like it's kind of a low key sports hub there in Minnesota. 
Oh, I got geography map, but I can't get hockey map <laughs> from the same podcast. We can't talk about Kirill Kaprizov. Oh, Matt. Or Marc-Andre Fleury. Me. You're letting me down. Uh, yeah, oh, ah, who is now second all time on look whatever it, it is. There he is. Yes, there he is. That. Hockey Matt was yeah. hiding, but he there came out go. to play. There That's what go. I like to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to Minneapolis, by the way. Like, low-key, one of my favorite uh, work travel cities that I've been to over the years, especially oh. come uh, come summertime. It's actually a good restaurant city, mm-hmm. like good place to be. When awesome. it comes to the sports betting side of things, what, uh, you know, what – what Pat is saying is really important to understand that this is a lot closer than I thought this state would get when we were talking about states that have tribal exclusivity, right? Like this is a state in which gaming tribes have exclusivity and they're willing to play ball in a sense that even neighboring Wisconsin really hasn't done, right? They have a couple of sports Mm -hmm. books at some of their tribal casinos, but Wisconsin really hasn't done anything in terms of that. And we could talk ad nauseum about other states that have tribal gaming exclusivity. This is different when it comes to Minnesota. And I think really when it comes down to it, from what Pat said, this is going to be about the tracks. And this is going to be about the hold they have on certain legislators and whether or not that you can still get enough votes to pass something if those legislators who are partial to the tracks do not ultimately come around. Pat, let's let's just kind of hit the South here just in general. We know that Louisiana has your traditional sports betting that we know that we're getting in the majority of the states, but Mississippi yet to have mobile. We have Alabama. We have Georgia. We have South Carolina. You don't really see at this point now when we look across the United States where there's a big stretch of states that all don't have it and, you know, what's going on, who's going to be the first one to make a move. So let's talk about all three of those as we kind of head into it with with uh, kind of our South overlook. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, after coming away from Nickel G's, the big thing to remember in the South is they're largely Republican-controlled with some, you know, solid Democratic minority voters or legislators that they're going to need to, to court for any sort of sports betting legislation to have a hope. Uh, and again, that's because it's such a bipartisan issue with people on both sides who love it and people on both sides who hate it. Uh, and, you know, the, the big thing to take away, again, going back, re- back up a little bit again, uh, is, you know, so many industry sources told me, you know, this is an election year, a national election year, presidential election year that can be very divisive at a state level. And that's something we've seen a lot of in Georgia that the past two years, you've seen the Republican caucus just go with some sort of legislation that really upsets the Democrats. And so they all put in their heels and just say, no way, we're not going to help you with sports betting, uh, even though there's lots of people in Georgia who, on the Democratic side, who want sports betting. Um, and, you know, you're seeing that, too, in South Carolina. There's so much um, pushback from the, the a, a certain segment of the, the right. And even though North Carolina is, is going live soon with online sports betting and, and there's some hope that that's going to carry momentum over to South Carolina, I'm being told nothing's going to get happening in South Carolina until Georgia passes. Um, so, again, we'll see what happens there. Of note, in Georgia, there is a bill that, that is coming back from last session. Um, so that, that there's some momentum starting to roll there again already this session. And in that is a tax, uh, a stepped tax where, you know, base, you know, single game wagers are, are at 10% and higher profit parlay wagers are, uh, and in, in game bets are 
at 15%. And I think that that was a fun takeaway uh, from that bill that, I don't know, maybe it'll uh, other states will see that and say, hey, that's a fun idea. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> Alabama, same sort of thing. They don't even have a lottery. Uh, you know, I've talked to several legislators down there who say the last 30 years of gaming uh, is just a mess in Alabama. And so there's a huge hurdle there just to get anything done and and sports betting is is a is a hope for some people down there but you know maybe even just establishing a lottery is is a first step down there mm-hmm. um and and Mississippi there was a task force in in the fall they talked through all sorts of things about sports bet mobile sports betting of course, there's local casinos, locally owned casinos, who don't want it. They don't want to see FanDuel, DraftKings, and the like come in and, and dominate the industry. And they suggested a, 50, uh, a 51% revenue share situation like we see in Arkansas that's kept big operators out. Um, but then there's big casino operators in Mississippi who are saying, let's let's do it. Let's do what we want to do, and, and let's go. So Mississippi, once that bill drops, will be a fun one to watch. Uh, but yeah. The south, the southeast is is going to be a really weird place to watch uh, in the next couple of sessions, <laughs> and and maybe just in general because it is it's a fun place to watch. Yeah, Adam, it's it's one of those things like when we were talking about you know as as Louisiana was as the bill was introduced and then as Louisiana was getting passed and then as the ramp up for Louisiana getting kicked off, we were saying this has got to force Mississippi's hand and. Just they don't care. And so with all of that, it it makes you look at these other states, right? And say, I mean, everyone else has it. They've got to do it. But that's just not necessarily the case. We thought for sure. I mean, this is like, this is like, okay, you are lose. You are now going to lose all of those people from New Orleans. All of those people that were like driving over to Mississippi, like that, that is gone. You're going to have to do it to where you make it easier for the people in the rest of your state to bet on sports. Nah, it's been a couple of years now. Nah, they hadn't done anything. And so to think that like, it's just this, well, everyone else is doing it. So they're going to do it. It's really actually not how it works down there. I think there are a few key takeaways, including what you're talking about there, Matt. The first of one is that from what Pat was saying earlier about Georgia, it is vital to keep in mind that if you are, let me check the timestamp, roughly 30 minutes into a podcast about legal sports betting, Uh, you probably care a lot more about this issue than the average legislator does. And it is not a needle mover. It is not one that unless you're Governor Andy Bashir in Kentucky that you're really like putting out a bunch of press releases about if it passes, right? It's just not something that people get passionate about and it can get swallowed up in any number of issues, especially as Pat mentioned in an election year. Now, Matt, to the point you're talking about of surrounding states when it comes to legal sports betting in the South, Pat laid out a very interesting case in which you have kind of a witch's brew where a lot of states that have taken the lead on passing legal sports betting actually have been Republican-controlled legislatures Mm -hmm. and Republican governors, but you have such a religious conservatism that takes prevalence in those legislatures down there that you mix that with what has been the traditional Democratic opposition to worrying about preying on people who are of lower socioeconomic status that it becomes a different horse trade to try to get the votes done in those situations. Now you tell me if I'm crazy here, Matt, because Mm -hmm. this is something that jumped out at me, especially about Mississippi and you know, college football in the South Mm -hmm. a lot better than I do, but Ole Miss is pretty damn good now. (laughs) 
And it's mm-hmm. been a little it's been a little while since Ole yeah. Miss was pretty damn good. And we know that in the South, college football rules everything, especially when it comes to betting. We saw it in Louisiana uh, as well with LSU. Do we think that the success of a college football program might increase the viability of legal sports betting legislation within a state? I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility at all. And if and if some if some legislator could somehow figure out a way to 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 get Lane Kiffin to reference it somehow and just be like, you know, whatever, and on, you know, in some passing interview and just kind of be like, yeah, you know, I don't know why the people across the border can whatever. That would make some, I'm seriously, that would make some people want to act like they, uh, that's all it takes. Like is they just need someone that they like in the door to like, say something. They're like, I'm behind it. Like, there we go. I'm that's I'm in. I've got it. I've got it. I think the big sports books need to hire Nick Saban as an official consultant <laughs> who goes down to the legislatures and talks about the need for this in a regulated market. I mean, if Nick Saban had done that, and if Nick Saban does that in Alabama, we will have the bill passed tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, it will be like, if, like if Nick Saban just stood up there and gave a five minute Nick Saban in his little, in his, the way that he talks and his cadence. And he said, this needs to be done tomorrow. It's just like, Jesus said it. I mean, like, that's basically basically coming from Jesus's mouth at that at that point. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it really is though. I mean, that, that could be. I mean, look, Ole Miss is set up for a while, and there's going to be a lot of people more interested in sports now than were even just a few years ago because oh, our team's good again, you know. And like, hey, let's get behind all of this. And as you get get more interested in sports, obviously, sports betting is going to be something that your friends are doing in other states, your bordering state in Louisiana is doing, and you're kind of like, hey, what the hell? Why are, why are we not be able to do it? Yeah, I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's any question. And I think uh, I think Pat will continue to have some very, very interesting hearings that bring some very interesting quotes uh, to us about sports betting over the course of uh, 2024. Yes. Well, when you get back from North America, South America, Asian, Pan, Pan American, uh, Nickel Geese <laughs> Conference, uh, we'll have you back on to be sure and tell us uh, about everything that's going on out there. Guys, everything we do, absolutely free. So we do appreciate your support. If you hit that subscribe button every single time we do one of these, it'll just magically appear on your podcasting, listening device, whatever it is, whatever your choice is. So we do appreciate that. So we are on Apple, Spotify, Google. So go in, hit that subscribe button. It'll be in there. And of course, Adam and team, including Pat, all the awesome words over at LegalSportsReport.com. Appreciate the support over there as well. For Pat, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Building a stronger financial foundation? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. You'll learn how the tools in your financial plan reinforce each other to help you minimize taxes and offset potential risks. Grow your confidence by strengthening your finances today at northwesternmutual.com slash goodplan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.